Here we, so this starts our season, right? Yes. Yep. Okay. All right. Three, two, one. Welcome to the third season. No, fourth season of three women in a bottle of wine. What are we? I thought it was five. This is going to be great outtakes, you guys. Okay. <laughs> We're just going to say the next, the latest season. Who the okay. hell are we? <laughs> okay. <laughs> three. So now you know why I can't balance my checkbook. <laughs> This is Three Women and a Bottle of Wine. Three friends. Three former TV reporters. And one bottle of wine. Delving into whatever interests us. News, not news. What affects our lives? Because it's probably affecting yours too. I'm Kim Inslee. I'm Lynn Melling. And I'm Julie Barkey. And now on with the pod. Welcome to the latest season of Three Women and a Bottle of Wine. I'm your host, Lynn Melling. And I'm another host, Julie Barkey, and we're trying to figure out which season this is. So you've got a little bit of giggling going on. doesn't matter. We're having fun doing them. We're having fun. I'm Kim Inslee, and it's great to be back with everybody. And I have my wine. Julie, what are you drinking tonight? I went right for the vodka. Cheers. 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 I got some, I got some vino. And yeah, we can't figure out what season this is. We think it's... Maybe four, maybe five, but who's counting at this we point? We have survived 2020. It could be season number 38. And yes. who would know? Who For real. Know? And this is the first episode of the newest season. And we wanted to kind of set the stage and... Um, I happen to be listening to the first episode that we did for the most for the previous season, mm-hmm. which was Zooming In. Um, we was the kind of the beginning of the pandemic. And we thought it'd be good to do sort of one year later here we are a year later, zooming in again, and we're still kind of, not a lot has changed. <laughs> we would have thought perhaps that we'd be having a different conversation right now, one year later, but um, we're all still doing this over Zoom. Yeah, it's, set the stage a little bit in terms of timing. So of course, we usually record in advance and then we put it out. So timing now, the Derek Chauvin trial is going on. And we just had the terrible, terrible news last night of a, a police shooting in Brooklyn Center that took the life of a 20-year-old boy. I mean, he's, he's yes, he's a 20-year-old man, but I have children older than that. So to me, it's like, it's a child in my, in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And it just breaks my heart. And Julie, I know you have a, a young man in your life. Yes, I do. I have a 20-year-old son as well. And I just, um, <sighs> thank God in so many ways that we live in a community where you know, if he gets pulled over by an officer, he's likely going to get a ticket and that would be about it. And my heart just breaks for people who aren't in the same situation. Nobody should be afraid to get pulled over. And mm-hmm. yeah, anyway, but one positive note from a year ago is vaccines are are now available. And mm-hmm. I believe, Kim, you've had yours. Lynn, have you had yours yet? Yeah, I got my J&J. Um about a less than a week ago, a few days ago, we drove up to my hometown of Melrose. There were some appointments there. I did a little mom. tourism too. I was in Park Rapids. Lovely community. Did you see there was an actual story about that in one of the news outlets? And we all love the news, of course. Of course. But about this whole vaccine tourism and people are making weekends out of their trips oh, to wow. get their vaccines. Yes. Mine was Easter Sunday, so it was up and down. And it was a Available. I mean, it still boggles my mind, Julie. I know you're waiting uh, in Stillwater. Um, mm-hmm. And if you go online, of course, everybody was hunting. All of the available spots were in greater Minnesota. 
you know, it was great if you live in greater Minnesota, mm -hmm. but I'm wondering what's, what is the deal here that we can't seem to get the, the um, amount right that there are at least some spots available here in the Metro. And I'm sure there are, we have community events, but nothing that I was eligible for. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would venture to say that, how can I put this sensitively? Um, vaccines, the demand for vaccine in rural Minnesota, especially where I'm, where I grew up, I don't know that it's as high as it is maybe in the Twin Cities. Um, I think the debate over, you know, mask, no mask, that's been, I think, something that's kind of plagued us this whole time. Um, some people who've been uh, opposed to wearing a mask, who maybe didn't believe in the seriousness of COVID. And um, I think that that mentality still is out there. So I, you know, there, I think that's my hunch when you look at the, where the vaccines are available, um, the correlation between, you know, the, the, the seriousness of which it was taken in, in those areas, it kind of is parallel, but I'm just, you know, just a projection. I'm just there's also taking a wild fear. guess. There's also was, fear. Yeah, there is. And um, I also think you're, you're both valid. There is some fear. I know for me personally, I've been just kind of taking a few steps back because I know so many people who want and need it more than I do right now. Mm -hmm. I work from home. My parents are immunized. I have a very small tight bubble so I can wait. I'd much rather have people get the vaccine who really want it now. I can wait a month. I'm okay with that. Um, but it is what it is at this point. And people are going to do what they want to do. They know it, it's available. They know whether or not they can get it, when to get it. And I think now it's just kind of a, a wait and see game. I can say that a very good friend of mine doesn't want to get it, but we want to travel to England together in August to visit another friend, the vaccine passport that's going to be required by many other countries, including the UK, is the impetus for her getting a vaccine. Mm -hmm. So for whatever the reason it is, it, it, it's, you know, a global impact. So mm -hmm. she's going to be getting hers and I'm going to England in <laughs> August. That sounds delightful. So you bring up a good point and ladies check check me if you think I'm crazy. So I truly don't understand all the Wait, I don't even think you have to ask the question. <laughs> I don't understand the pushback on vaccine passports because I know I don't know if it's all 50 states but certainly in most states if you want your child to attend school, they have to show a record of over a dozen vaccines. So if we require this for people going to school because we want to protect the population, et cetera, et cetera, I'm not an anti-vaxxer at all, but it seems like if, if, if adults are requiring this for kids, why the pushback for adults? Is it really just a political thing or do adults feel that they should be exempt from that? And if so, then let's blow up the, the vaccine requirements for schools. It's just really hypocritical in my mind. Yeah, I just think that there's a big population, or I won't say big, they're a very loud population of people who just don't want to be told what to do, period. Yeah. And they don't want anything to be a requirement, more of a recommendation. So, you know, I don't know, we're all a bit PR savvy, and maybe some of the, the work could have been done to get people to buy in a little bit more. I don't, I don't 
No, I'm just yeah. putting that out there. Well, freedom is great, but I mean, if you're going to be on the road, you have to stop at the stop signs. If you're going to fly, mm -hmm. you have to go through the right. TSA thing. I mean, there are just certain things that you do because you're a citizen, you're part of a community. You know, right. if, you're, if your point of view is that you shouldn't have to do anything you don't want to, then, you know, go find a place where you're not a part of a community that you right. either benefit from or have to contribute to. Right. Yeah, it's the I social agree. contract that we all... And there's all there's a, you know a cost that we all get from it. You know there there is give and take, and by people being healthier than our you know the amount of people who might need public assistance for Medicaid, Medicare, go you know that cost goes down. So the cost benefit to our population of people being being vaccinated. Um, but yeah, I, I I agree though. I think there's there's there are people who. Um, just don't yeah don't like being told what <laughs> to do and want to go down that path <laughs> i actually saw on facebook and it's getting a little off track but it kind of goes back to that exact same philosophy there are some people who are completely offended that there's a curfew because of potential unrest tonight and i'm thinking how can you be upset that there's a curfew given what we went through a year ago given what the what last night ended up starting to look like so some people are just anti-everything right now and i'm not yeah. trying to be glib or cavalier about it mm -hmm. were those they the just, same people that criticized minneapolis and the protesters last year you know i wasn't wild to hear about a curfew either but i understand the reasoning right. mm -hmm. and it's, right. not gonna, it's not going to harm me to stay at home tonight because i get to talk to some lovely ladies yeah and this conversation is really interesting to me right now i'm just thinking about how in the last year, how we have had to become, whether we've liked it or not, a different kind of community, um, mm -hmm. a different kind of, I mean, just this conversation, I don't know, I have pre-March of 2020, we wouldn't have been having this kind of conversation. I feel like it's just the conversations that we were having in our society on the regular are, are more and more about how do we all get along and how do we you know, that's kind of been the theme of COVID. That's been the theme of, of, you know, the protests of the unrest. And we're still having these conversations. Like, how the hell, why, why can't we all just get along? Would um, we have these conversations if we weren't in a situation where everyone had been kind of forced to stay at home to, you know, to, to pull in your bubble, as, as you call it, Julie, that people had time to reflect on these things. Yeah, we just probably where this was a reckoning to come. Absolutely, yeah, because we wouldn't be having these conversations had we not, I, I, this is just an interesting, the fact that we're having this conversation right now is interesting to me. I feel like it's, it's, it's we've, this last year has changed us in a way to the point of the, the conversations that we are now having, I think is, are different as a result. And so I think what's really important is how we react after this. Do we become not us three, but collectively mm -hmm. as a society, are people yeah. more, you know, are they going to choose to be desensitized to the issue or are they going to choose yeah. to, you know, let that heartbreak fill, you know, fill up that gap with love and try to be compassionate minimally just shut up. If you don't like something, mm -hmm. scroll past it instead of putting in a hate filled comment on Facebook or Twitter. Sorry to be so blunt, but I've just, it, sometimes things get a little frustrating and mm -hmm. we don't have to, we just have to agree to disagree. Mm -hmm. You know, take some of those rules of marriage. You're not always going to get along. You just have to figure mm -hmm. out how to 
everybody get a little bit of what they need and you don't, nobody's entitled to everything they want and everything that they think they deserve. Yeah. Think about the last year, what we, you know, what we've given up or changed the pivot, et cetera. I haven't worn hard pants in a year. And I told <laughs> you Same. But I mean, we, as individuals, we have had to stretch ourselves and change our, our thought pattern of what we felt our lives should be like, okay, mm -hmm. to, to deal with all of this. And so if you're, if you're sitting back thinking, I don't understand what the big hubbub is about the, the police shootings. I don't understand, you know, why didn't that person just do what the police asked, et cetera. We've heard all the excuses, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if you've been able to change how you live your life uh, to adapt to this COVID situation, can you consider educating yourself and adapting and learning and trying to see something from a different point of view? when we're talking about social issues as well, no mm -hmm. matter whether you're left, right, whatever, to yeah. try to see what the other side might be. You don't have to agree to it, agree with it, but it just seems like we, sh we should be more elastic than we, than we have been because we've mm -hmm. been forced to be elastic. How many times well, right. you forced to pivot? That word is like, you know, oh, right. So and, we pivot our thinking a little bit. Yeah. I mean, look at the events of January 6th. Um, the insurrection at the state capitol in another milestone moment of the past year um, that may or may not have changed minds. Um, but yeah, there's just uh, there's just so many layers here, ladies. There's so many. I just I feel like. It's, I feel like the kids are watching and they're wondering what the hell is going on. Yeah. You know, what's the matter with these adults? Mm -hmm. I'd agree with that. Yeah. Everything that we try to teach them about, you know, loving thy neighbor and getting along or cooperating or working together on projects and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And we are not modeling that at all at one level. On the other hand, we've seen tremendous cooperation with scientists and health professionals. What you've seen in, in the health department where you work, Julie, I'm sure has just been astounding. So, I mean, it's in us. We can do it. Yeah. I think so. You know, I got to remain optimistic and maybe that this is, this, you know, one of the silver linings is that our kids are watching and they're not going to make the same mistakes that we're making. Maybe that's one potential silver I lining. I actually agree with that. I listened to some of the things. I don't see my 20 year old often because he hangs in his room. Because he's 20 years old. <laughs> exactly. But when he does come out of his room, he almost always provides the most insightful comments about something in society. And it just makes me really proud because he is thinking and he is paying yeah. attention where sometimes I don't think he is. And then other times he'll come out and throw his phone on the ground because Aaron Rodgers didn't get the big contract <laughs> that he should have got. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> he picks his battle, very unique nice. battles. So if you I look know, back over like where you are in your head now, and it could be anything, you know, Julie, you've talked about going to England. I mean, what what has changed in how you approach things over the past year? Oh man, my I can tell you without with without even hesitating, just finding joy. I've really um, the last year has just I, I have felt a shift in myself um, 
and I, I don't, and it's not that I've had to go through any particular hardship compared to, you know, I, I haven't lost anyone to COVID. Um, my family was healthy through this. Um, I was very fortunate. I, I kept my job. I, so I, I feel like I don't have anything that really impacted me negatively through this whole situation. I've been, I've been very, very fortunate. Um, but I've still, I have, maybe it's just because it's been a heavy year, but I feel like I have a new lens on things and I'm, I've just decided to proactively do things that bring me joy. And, um, I think that there was so much negative energy and I just, I, I had this realization probably maybe last fall, I can't remember, but it was just, there was so much negative energy and I was wasting so much energy on negative things. And I just made a conscious effort to just shift my thinking and find things that are positive in my life that bring me joy that to shift all of that energy into something that's positive, like this podcast, you know, doing things that, that, that give me energy. And so I've really been, and that's, I think helped um, me just get out of bed in the morning, not feeling like, um, you know, I don't know. I just, I just, I feel lighter and I feel um, just optimistic about where things are headed, which is maybe a totally backwards way to look (laughs) after this year. Oh, I love that. I wish I had a little more of you in me. I think maybe it's a combination of my age and, you know, turning 53, it's almost like once I hit 50, any filter I had started dissolving. <laughs> so at work, I'm I'm becoming much more blunt and I'm realizing I have to start softening things because um, and even in my life, you know, I'm very I'm very kind with my kids until I'm not. And I tried, I, I don't pick on people over minute, stupid things. I don't care about somebody's hair color. I don't care what I don't care about, I don't even care about people's bad behaviors as much anymore, unless they're truly, truly hurtful. But when something no longer makes sense to me, I'm going to call it out. And, you know, I have to learn how to frame it a little more differently and, and, you know, realize everybody else is going through the same things and maybe have have some of that same anger. You know, I think there's just some anger there and I've not, I've never been an angry person. So it's kind of a, a reality check for me and I have to couch that. I think I need to really just start working out again. And I finally, you know, now that it's nice out, I can buy a bike and start biking because with two new hips, your options are very, very limited <laughs> on what you can do. Don't you hate it, ladies? When something really bugs you, that really isn't a big deal in the grand scheme of things. And you're wondering why it's bugging you mm-hmm. so much. Yes. Yes. I think, well, you, we alluded to it earlier, right? You, you get pushed and pushed and pushed and there's just comes that breaking point. Absolutely. I hear a kitty cat. Is there a kitty cat? Sorry. Yeah, there's a cat that's decided he needs my attention and a dog as well. You you might see one coming through here. And you have before, I'm sure. Just a tail usually with you, Kim. (laughs) (laughs) What are are people thinking when this tail goes by? It happens in my work calls as well. (laughs) They started to talk about it. I love the way that cat tail goes through. Okay, so Kim, okay, so Julie and I shared. What about you, Kim? Your your change. I think my change um, is kind of like the changes that you have both experienced. And that is what's important. Like, what are you going to put up with and what are you not going to put up with? Um, And for me, I think maybe age has something to do with it as well, but just kind of learning to let go is like, 
I can't, mm-hmm. I am a control freak and like to control everything. And my kids will tell you that I'm sure, you know, and I would freak out about stuff, you know, whether they were doing it right or, you know, living up to what I think they should be living up to. And over the years, I've, I've let that go a little bit, but this year in particular, it's just like, I have no control over all this stuff. So just be grateful for what I have and learning to take life as it comes. Um, and just reassess to your point, Lynn, what, what brings me joy. And those are the things that I should focus on. Um, and just be grateful that my kids are healthy and try to get them through this. Our youngest is graduating college. And I was telling you before we started recording, it's just been really hard on them to lose all of those milestones and the internships and all the stuff that didn't happen last summer but try to counsel, you know, as they're freaking out, the kids are freaking out, just try to counsel. And one went through a job change that was rather Mm -hmm. abrupt because someone retired. She works in a lab and her, her um, primary investigator retired, shut down the lab. So she was going to be jobless. Well, she found another job, you know, but just to, to let them know it's going to be okay. Yeah. As crappy as it might seem right now, it's, it's, it's going to be okay. You don't know where you're going to live next year. That's fine. Sign, sign the lease. We'll deal with it. Or so, you know, just yeah. try to smooth the path in the sense, not of, of taking over for them, but just to let them know they have the tools to handle it. Yeah. And I think looking back, you know, you start, Julie, do you do this? You know, you've got a 20 year old now you start looking back. It's like, did I do everything right? And of course, you know, we didn't, you know, we did oh, the there's best. no way we did the best. <laughs> we could. Yeah. Speak for yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> But I really, I really think, worry, you know, did, did I give them the tools that they need for now, as opposed to what I thought they should have at the time? Um, so I think there's a and lot of introspection going on. I agree with that. And I think, I'll, and I've actually learned to really give myself some grace there because um, not to play single mom card, because even on people who are married sometimes are still the sole raiser of that child. Mm. But the, you know, my, my children's fathers don't, they're not very active in my kids' lives. So I've done everything from supporting them financially a hundred percent where, you know, it's, it's expensive to raise children as we all know. And to have to, you know, I don't worry so much maybe about whether or not they're on video games too much because I'm worried about making my mortgage payment. Mm -hmm. So my lens is just a little, little bit different, which isn't a good thing. It's taught that, but it also makes me more of an enabler because sometimes it's easier to just do something for them than to teach them to do it. My 10 year old still can't tie his shoes. I tried to teach him once. He got frustrated. I'm like, okay, I'm out. So I found a YouTube video. <laughs> Look, here you go. Watch this video and get up there and practice. <laughs> and you don't need to tie your shoes anymore, right? No, that's right. Tying laces and everything. Who needs it? Adults don't want to tie their shoes. <sighs> I know. I just felt like such a loser until I worked with a, a, one of the women I work with told me her boys didn't know until they were 12. So now I don't feel so bad. You know what? We all women gotta, can support one another. Right. We all got to run our own race, right? And everybody goes at different paces and has different strengths. And But I'm going to tell you, my 10-year-old can cook. He bakes. It's uh, amazing. Know, I, yes, it is. I hate baking. So it's a really Same. good skill to have in this house. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm like, their self-sufficiency is growing from other ways. But it's nice that I'm in the house. I might be working. But if he's in the kitchen, I'm glad I'm here. Just in case something, yeah. you know, burns. 
down. That self-sufficiency is, is amazing. You know, I think yeah. my, I, so our oldest is turning 25 today. Happy birthday. Oh, happy, happy birthday. birthday. Um, and she's starting to get more self-sufficient in the kitchen, but it's like, they never like to cook or anything. The youngest one's starting to, um, but if you have self-sufficient kids that can take care of themselves, who cares? Oh. It's, it's okay, kid. Forget it. <laughs> Singular. My older one, I like, he, he just tries to get a bunch of money on the market by playing the market and then just buys himself food. I mean, and he works at Domino's. So I'm like, hey, whatever. He's self-sufficient. Yeah. yeah. Right. He's got a job. He pays attention to what's going on in the world. These are good things. And he's smart enough to work where there's food so he can just order or bring home mistakes. I'm like, win that's a win <laughs> honey could you have a mistake with the pepperoni tonight yeah yeah oh, no, i'm like how about a nice vegetarian without olives oh yeah Thank you. <laughs> oh, they miss, were really good miss lynn has a new podcast to tell everybody about yes. oh my gosh yeah kind of speaking of food speaking of that yeah cooking um so yes this this wonderful friend and i who love camping decided it'd be fun to do a podcast about camping and in fact we met on a very cold, rainy weekend up at Gooseberry Falls about four years ago um, in May. And we were the only people crazy enough to be in that campground at the same time. And we have kids that are the same ages. And she turned out to be an amazing cook. Like she was whipping up all this amazing food around her campfire and attracted all of our kids over to her campfire and they had hot chocolate and it was so just you had to wander over. <laughs> yes. They, you know, we ended up drinking beer and sitting under a tarp and freezing our oh. asses off um, <laughs> during this weekend, four years ago. But um, yeah, so we decided to, we love camping and we um, just kind of back to that finding things that bring me joy that fill my bucket, things that I, I love talking about camping. I don't, I'm not very good at it. Um <laughs> I, I'm still trying to figure it out myself, but, um, yeah, that's been a, a project that, and I feel I'm really, I'm excited about it. And I'm, I'm, um, it's one, it's been one of the big positives to come out of the past 12 months. Um, just, you know, start some, just, there's something about starting something new about just starting fresh. Um, I, I have no idea who's going to listen. Maybe three people will listen and I, I don't care. I, I told Jody, my, my podcast mate, um, I said, I feel like Prince in a way, not to compare myself to Prince, but I'm going to. So just you know, buckle up here for a second. Because um, you resemble each other so cause, much. Because <laughs> we're so insanely talented. That's Julie. That's yes. why. That part's um, true. But you know how he made music that he wanted to listen to? Mm -hmm. It was art that he wanted to listen to. And that's how I feel about this podcast. Like, I don't care if nobody else listens to it, but I love it. I love listening to it because it's about... And it's just very real. It, it's it's not a braggy camping podcast. It's talking about real people. We talk about diva cups, which do you guys know what diva cups are? Sure. Are they the, the cups you pee in, right? No, these are for Close. when you're, yes, this is uh, when your aunt Flo comes to town every month and you're out, on, <sighs> you're out camping in the boundary waters and you can't throw your dirty tampon down the toilet in the, in the boundary waters. So you use this insert. So we get really real and there's no, there's no, um, no topic off limits. We talk about pooping in the woods. We talk about <laughs> just, we just get super real and it's really, it's fun to, um, just kind of strip down and, and, you know, no need to be. And that's, I think one of the things I love about camping too, is you don't, there's, 
there's no putting on any shows. There's no putting on any airs when you're out there. You can get dirty and wet and cold. And this you reminds you- me of the, the best life lesson I gave our oldest was teaching her how to pee in the woods when we were. <laughs> right. <laughs> there was no place else to go. So I think Sometimes ladies you have to know. And that's the- self-sufficiency. Right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and, and one of my favorite things about camping is I bring a box of wine into the camping with me. So I think maybe we should do a three women and a bottle of wine camping and a box of wine. I think that's and a box great. of what three women in a box of wine episode where we go camping. I'll bring Jody. We could do like a joint podcast thing. <laughs> I think that would be delightful. Are you guys in? I love it. I'm sure. in. I love camping. Kim. Yeah. Okay. We're gonna have to get a date. I'm, I'm very serious. I have cots too. So if we Do need you? cots for old people like me, yes, we have we cots have- and huge air mattresses for bad backs like mine. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So yes. Well, glamping. Gla- yeah. And it's, it will and be so glamping. The, and the name of the podcast is called, we do this for fun, which can be used in a lot of different ways. It can be, we do this for fun question mark. We do this for fun question mark. There's a lot of question marks at the end of this um, phrase. Or a declarative but, sentence. Or we do this we for do fun. This for yes. Fun. So, but we, so we can, our, our outing can be a do this for fun question mark or declarative. You guys can, I'll let you choose. They all work. <laughs> so speaking of the podcast, we have already recorded several. We have a lot of guests coming up. Yes. Brian McDaniel will be one of them. Oh. Daniel is one fourth of. Uh, wrong about everything, but he's also a lobbyist. He's a teacher. He's a stand-up comic on the side, and I have watched him. I I went to one of his shows once. Did you? I did. I, he's there so were like funny. Three of us in the audience. He is Andy Chase's ghosts. You guys, he has ghosts yeah. living in his house with him. That does. If true story, listeners, true story. So he will be one of our first podcasts to talk about kind of like for the for his party, the Republican Party, which I think he still identifies as a Republican, um, kind of where do they go, but kind of where do we all go from here? And yeah. this was done. We did this a few weeks after the insurrection at the Capitol. So that's an interesting one. What was the, yeah. um, some of the guests that you guys want to plug? Oh, I'm excited to hear from our Mayo Clinic um, uh, yeah. Dr. Sachuk, who is a psychologist, is a clinical psychologist at Mayo Clinic. And he really talked about the last year, um, how in its impact on everyone's mental health. Um, and we kind of talked about some of the unknowns that there's a lot of repercussions that, that we're going to be seeing from this pandemic down the road that we don't even have the foggiest idea of what those are going to be yet. Um, but I thought that was a really, it was a really helpful conversation for me because it kind of helped make me feel less crazy. <laughs> it made me feel like, okay, I'm not alone. I'm not the only one who feels this way. Um, and a lot of us are feeling a lot of the same feelings, but might not realize it. And we might feel like we're kind of on an Island. And so it just made me feel um, kind of, again, that community that we're, you know, we're all in this together and I thought he was a great interview. Julie, how about you? I actually think we had all great guests this this particular season. I really liked, and I know you appreciated her as well, Lynn, Natalie Warren, who battled her way up to the Hudson Bay. And, you know, there's just something about people who can channel their passion into doing something that connects with the outdoors because, you know, that's true peace and serenity. 
until the mosquitoes get you and then it's not <laughs> anyway or you um, I the bears that they saw yeah yeah and like rose uh Rose McGee, Rose McGee was yeah. ph phenomenal. There were just, yeah, there were some great guests this year and this season, I should say. So looking forward to it. I hope everybody else is as well. And Lynn, you do have more than three people who are going to listen to yours. I'm one of them. Oh, you're very I'll kind. I'll listen. So there's two. <laughs> and maybe my mom will listen. So here, I got my three. Your mom most, most definitely listens. <laughs> Okay, well, I would say we should probably wrap it up, but um, the whole season is coming soon, week by week, um, and we're excited to present it to everybody. And Julie, once again, just thank you because you've gotten some really good guests. Yes. This last few weeks, we really. She, you're that. like the guest, like whisperer. Guest guru. Call, I like alliteration. The guest Oprah guru. Of Minnesota. I'm actually not. You guys are fantastic. Um, I just got lucky. We're just between no, the three stop. of us. We have a great stop synergy. It. We you we make our own luck. Julie, you make your own luck. This is not luck. All right. We're, oh, we're all amazing. How's that? <laughs> and, um, I so think we have to thank you. people for listening to this one. I don't yes. think when we decided to do this tonight, we it was not intended to be a heavy unpacking of societal issues. It was going to be, we're finally back in hair salons and how are we doing a year later? Mm -hmm. And it did turn heavy, but I think it's great to be able to discuss it and maybe talk about some of the things that can come from it. And hopefully Lynn, I love that you're so optimistic and Kim, you too, because they're channeling that into me a little bit more because I've never not been optimistic. And this has been really weird for me to like, snap it's not who, not who i am we're gonna we're gonna snap you right out of that julie mm -hmm. yeah with <laughs> I'm, gonna you, I'm gonna take you camping with a box of wine and we're gonna we're just Wouldn't gonna be snap it right out of you i can and are you I had so never had, grateful oh go ahead i never had boxed wine until i met lynn Miller. <gasps> and now there's a box sitting in my refrigerator it is the best <laughs> it's the best ever you get that bladder and you take it out of the box and then you shove it in the door like in between the milk and the orange Wish juice the cardboard it's just divine i love it so much i forgot about that tip that's a great tip and then they also have those camping wines that are in more of those cardboard boxes that are like pints now like a milk mm -hmm. carton kind of thing yeah oh, they're so yeah. awesome mixed drinks in little cans my goodness everything yeah. is portable See, some really good things came out of, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because of COVID, we have innovation. That's right. <laughs> new yeah. well, anyway, I'm excited and really I'm excited. excited. So thanks, ladies. Yes. Thank you. Cheers to that. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.